<laughs> good morning, and good morning to everybody here at our church family. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I did the wrong cue. Let's try that one last time. Good morning, everyone. Okay, listen, I know that we did not get to go have picnic in the park today. Is anybody really that sad, though? I mean, because you know what I think? Yes, I know. Okay, well, we're, we are missing out on the hayride, Lane. I'm, I wish I could have been on that hayride, but, but, but you know what? We're going we're gonna to reschedule that for another time. But this morning, we're going to celebrate the fact that, you know what, that's one of the things that we've been praying about in this congregation is rain. So we're going to praise God anyway. Amen. There was something David said earlier uh, that Augustine said. Augustine comes up with some of the best quotes. Now, what was it you said about today about the, the, the God rains or what is it? Today? Okay, so listen up. I, this is classic. This is classic Augustine right here. Augustine, nice and loud for everybody. Today's forecast, Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Listen, I, I, this, this is the talk that I had prepared that I was going to be talking about out there. But, uh, but really, you know, I was talking about the changing of the seasons. And, and this time of year is a season I love. It's my favorite season of the year. When we were, uh, it's kind of a tradition in our family. We haven't been able to do it for the last couple of years. But, but typically, you know, right around this time is when the, you know, the temperature's starting to change a little bit. You start going into the closet and, you know, pulling out the long sleeve things. And uh, we would always, you know, go camping because it was a, kind of a great temperature to build a campfire outside and roast marshmallows. But I just love this time of year. One of the favorite things I used to do with a kid, and I'm sure you've probably done it as well, is, you know, when the leaves start changing and falling off the trees, what do you like to do as a kid? You know, you like to rip them up and, and jump in them. Just a fun, fun, fun time of year. And, of course, this is the time of year when it's uh, uh, pumpkin spice everything, right? Uh, Luke, I know you'd mentioned, I think it was what, the last week somebody said you're a pumpkin spice latte kind of guy, right? Okay, <laughs> pump, pumpkin. Now, listen, I, I, I love pumpkin spice, too, but I'm a pumpkin spice eggnog kind of guy because I get excited every November because when I go in the grocery store, they've got boiled custard and eggnog. Who, who are my fans of boiled custard and eggnog? Anybody? All three of us. Go you. Okay, good. <laughs> I know it's an odd thing, but, but, but again, it's just... I love this time of year. I love the sights. I love the sounds. I love the pace. I love the smells. It's just a really, really fun time of year. I love fall for a lot of reasons, but to me, when I think about fall, it reminds me every year of the changing of the seasons. And it reminds me of the fact that in this life that you and I live, that we have seasons of life. I think we all understand that, right? Think about it like this. Um, you know, think about it from an agricultural perspective. Now, I, I have attempted to plant gardens about three times in my life, and I have failed four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I'm not good at it. But we know from a, from an agricultural perspective, what do you have? You know, you you plant in the spring, and then you cultivate in the summer. You you harvest in the fall, and of course, winter is kind of the time of, of reset. Everything kind of dies and prepares for the next spring. So we understand that. And, and you know, you think about from, um, from a biblical perspective, you know, the, the biblical holidays. We talk about the seven feast days of Israel. How many of you know right now that the Jews and Messianic Christians across the world are celebrating the fall, the fall harvest right now? It's called Sukkot. Anybody remember that? This is actually the final day of Sukkot. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles. And, and you know how the, the seven feast days of Israel work, right? You've got the first four 
that are in the spring, and they're all around the time of planting, right? The time of planting. And then you have the last three, which happen in the fall, and all three of those are about the time of harvesting. So you see this in a biblical perspective that God has ordained there to be seasons, different seasons for different purposes. Um, You know, King Solomon in the Old Testament, I love some of the the wisdom that he has in the book of Ecclesiastes because a lot of times what he does is he looks at the natural world around him and he draws wisdom from everything, from ants, from creatures that he watches, birds and animals. And, And one of the things that he draws wisdom from is the fact that God has ordained seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter. And there's this one place in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I know you've heard the passage, but I want you to take your Bibles really quick. Turn over there. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And uh, he's drawing on the fact that there are different seasons, agriculturally speaking. But then he makes an application. And he says that not only are there seasons in the world when it comes to planting and reaping and harvesting and that type of thing, but there's also seasons in our lives as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I want you to just read this with me here, verses 1 through 8. He says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up. That happens to me all the time with my keys, by the way. A time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate a time for war, and a time for peace. Now, probably most of you have heard that passage before many times. It's one of those kind of time-honored scriptures in all the Bible. And uh, hold that thought. Uh, The wisdom that Solomon is sharing with us here, I think is profound because in the larger narrative of the book of Ecclesiastes, let me tell you what he's saying there. He's saying that when it comes to life, when you live your life, you are going to, whether you like it or not, you're going to face different seasons in your life. Some of those seasons are going to be good, and some of those seasons are going to be hard. But when you take the entire book of Ecclesiastes together and you look at chapter 3, what he's telling you is that regardless of whatever season you happen to be going through in your life, if you love God with your whole heart, if you seek Him with everything that you've got, and you seek to obey Him at His will, then the promise of Ecclesiastes is is that regardless of the season you're in, God will carry out His purposes through your life. And I find that incredible. Now, instead of um, the natural seasons this morning, one of the things that I wanted to, to talk to you about, how many of you know that not only are there natural seasons in the physical world, but you also have spiritual seasons as well? Did you realize this? Let me tell you something. I wish that when I was 14 and I was being baptized, and I was being, you know, considering becoming a Christian, I wish that somebody had sat me down and said, Tim, understand that in the spiritual life, as you follow Jesus, you're going to go through spiritual seasons of life. 
and there, some of them are going to be good, and some of them are going to be bad. I didn't know that. But, but now, looking back with the 20 or however many years of Christianity I've got with me now, uh, the thing is, is that now I see that when we walk with Christ, there's an ebb and flow to life. There are times when you're spiritually going to be really connected. Sometimes you're spiritually going to be really challenged. And here's the thing. If you know what four spiritual seasons are ahead of time, before you go into it, here's what it's going to do. It's going to help you to know where you are spiritually. It's going to help you to understand what God is doing in your life. And it's going to help you to be faithful and navigate through that season to help prepare you for the next one. Amen? So I want to share these with you this morning. These are, a thing, these are the four spiritual seasons, what I like to call the four spiritual seasons. And here they are if you want to write them down. There is a wilderness season. And some of you know exactly that one, don't you? There's a wilderness season. Number two, there's a warring season. Number three, there's a winning season. And number four, there's a waiting season. I want to talk about these just really briefly with you this morning and um, just kind of have a talk, just a family talk, okay? And if you've never heard this before, then maybe this will help you um, in your own spiritual journey. But let's talk about this first one for just a moment. Some of you this morning, spiritually speaking, are in the wilderness season of your life. Now, let's talk about the wilderness season for just a moment. Now, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know anything about the wilderness until I moved to Snyder, Texas. I didn't, I, you know, I've read about it in books. I, you know, I, I remember, you know, the Bible talks the Judean wilderness. I'm pretty sure that, that Snyder is about as close to Judah <laughs> or the Judean wilderness as you can possibly get. Maybe the Negev, a little bit more than that or so. Now, that's not a bad thing, because think about what happens in a, in a wilderness. What, what is a wilderness? A wilderness is a dry place, isn't it? A wilderness is a place that's more rugged. If you're going to thrive and survive in the wilderness, you're going to have to learn how to adapt. I tell you what, you guys are some of the most adapted, cool people I've ever met on the face of this planet, because you have to drive an hour and a half to get to the nearest big city, right? Okay, so you're in a wilderness. We're in a wilderness place. Well, listen to this. In a spiritual sense, understand that there will be times, and I'm going to underline the word will. It is going to happen. So prepare for it ahead of time. But you're going to go through times in your life where it's going to feel spiritually dry. It just is. And, and, and here's what I've learned about these times. I've learned that, that it's in those times when I'm in the wilderness period that it feels like God is not there. How many people have ever felt that? You feel like God's not there. You feel like the prayers are bouncing off the wall. They're not going beyond the ceiling. You start wondering, well, maybe God's mad at me. Maybe I've done something wrong. And you don't really understand. You think, well, God, you know, does he even notice me? It's times like that that I'm reminded of the Israelites in the Old Testament. The Israelites in the Old Testament is a really, really good picture, in my opinion, of the spiritual life. Because after they were delivered out of their bondage, where is the first place that God takes the Israelites? In the desert, in the wilderness. He purposely takes his children into the wilderness. And why does he do that? Does he do it because he's punishing them, because he wants to abandon them? Was God absent from the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness? No. He was with them literally every step of the way. But here's what God did do. God will sometimes take you into dry places 
he will actually allow the feeling of his presence to be removed from you for a season because he's wanting you to grow in your faith. Listen to these words. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Moses reminds the, the Israelites, he says that God humbled you, causing you, listen very carefully, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. Here it is. Here's the reason. If you're in your Bibles and you like to underline, please underline Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You know what I've learned? And this only comes with a little bit of spiritual maturity. You learn that when you go through wilderness periods, that that is often the time that God is actually testing you. You know, we don't teach that no more. But do you know that God will test your faith? He will let you go through seasons and circumstances that will make you think he's not there so that you have to rely upon your faith because otherwise your faith will never grow, will it? You have to be tested to know whether or not what you believe. Remember Abraham? What was that test for? Was the test for Abraham or was it test for God? It was for Abraham, I believe, for him to be able to see how much he's grown in his faith. One of the most important things that I've learned about the wilderness seasons of my life is that that is actually the place that God is the most present. Let me say that again. In the dry places, when I sense and feel that he's not there, that is actually the place that he's the most present. You know why? Because he's working in some of the deepest places of your heart in that time. So um, here's the thing. You're going to be um, tempted during this time to believe that he's angry at you. You're going to be tempted during this time to believe that he's not there. And so the question is, are you going to believe him and take him at his word rather than what you feel? Does that make sense? See, we're feelers. We oftentimes operate on our feelings. Even religious people, they don't realize it. But even religious people often operate on their feelings and not by the faith, by the faith in, word, in the word of God. And so God will allow your feelings to feel like he's not there to grow you in your faith. So I want you to understand this morning, if you're trying to seek God and it feels like it's, like it's spiritually dry, just know God has not forgotten you. He has not demoted you. He's not, for, he's not leaving you alone. He's allowing you an opportunity to grow in your faith. So every one of these, I'm going to share a helpful tip, okay? Here's a helpful tip if you're walking in the wilderness season, spiritually speaking. Here it is. Number one, don't rely on your feelings. Your faith has to lead your feelings. Oftentimes, when we walk with Christ, we get it the other way around. We let our feelings lead our faith. We have to make sure that we stand up and be strong and let the faith lead the emotions because I promise you, wherever your faith goes, eventually your emotions will follow you there, okay? So you have to stand in faith. So don't rely on your feelings. Rely upon your faith. Remain in prayer and in the presence of God. And here it is, lastly, be patient. Be patient because the wilderness season of your life is temporary, okay? It doesn't last forever. You will get through it. Number two, Another season that you're going to experience from time to time as Christians is what I call the warring season. The warring season. Now, this, these are those times when you feel like everything is going wrong. I mean, you feel like everything is being thrown at you, including the kitchen sink, right? Um, you know, these are those times when you, you, you literally experience spiritual opposition 
from the enemy. You have setback after setback. You know, the, the car dies. You lose your job. Somebody in your family <clears throat> gets cancer. Um, you don't have the ability to pay the bills. You got to look at your kids on Christmas Eve and, and realize that you can't give them any presents that year because, you know, the, the, the things are just so difficult and, and strong in your life. The worry, the, the worrying season is often also the worrying season. Because what happens is oftentimes in times like this, we get in fear, we get in worry, we start getting angry, we start rebelling against God because we start blaming Him for the bad things that are going on in our lives. And if we're not careful, we start going away from God instead of going to God. The greatest temptation that you're going to face when you go in the warring season is to believe that God is the one who is to blame for everything that is happening to you and that you begin to turn away from Him. Somebody gets cancer, you blame God. Somebody says, why didn't he do anything? You lose your job. Why didn't God? God knew that I've been trying to be faithful and walk a, a good life. And why, why did he do this to me? And, and now I have to do all these things. Again, go back to the Old Testament, to the story of the Israelites. What does that story teach you? Because you think about it, after God let them out into the wilderness, there were times when the enemy would come against them. There were times when, when literally foreign armies would come against them. There were times that they would go through things where life would become really, really hard. And you know what they did time and time again? When the enemy would come after them, instead of standing in faith against the enemy, they would run and they would point their finger at God and they would grumble and complain. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever grumbled and complained against God? I know I have. And here's the thing. A lot of times, not always, but let me tell you where the two biggest places of attack come in your life. Number one, do not underestimate the fact that you do have an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. Okay? Now, I'm not the one that walks around thinking that Satan is a boogeyman under every bed. He's not. Satan is not like God. He cannot be everywhere at one time. But Satan does have fallen angels who are generals. And he does have foot soldiers that are called demons. And he's highly organized. And he does array himself against you in your mind and in your emotions and in your faith. And so, number one, you do have an enemy that wants to destroy you. And there are times when the enemy does attack you. But also, listen to this. A lot of times, the, what we consider to be attacks in our lives is actually the open doors of sin that we've allowed in our own lives. A lot of times we sin and we do things contrary to God and we start to experience the natural consequences of those sins and then we say, I'm under attack. No, you're not. You are experiencing the consequences of sin. The Bible very clearly talks about these types of things. Listen, church. Helpful tip when you're in this season. God does not attack you, okay? God, God tells us in, in Psalm 46, verse 1, it says that God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's a very present help in times of trouble. And here's the thing. When you learn how to go to God in the midst of your attacks, instead of turning against God and blaming Him, then you can stand with God and He can help you see the areas of attack and learn how to pray against them and learn how to resolve those attacks. 
Because when you're standing with God, you can see where the enemy's coming against you. You can, learn, you can bring in your brothers and your sisters and you can intercede and you can pray against those things. Or if you realize, oh my goodness, I've got an open door of sin in my life, I need to close that door. So I stop having those same consequences come my way. So in the warring season, war with your faith against the enemy, not the Lord. Number three, another spiritual season that you will experience from time to time in your lives is what I call the winning season. Now, this is a good one. These are those times in your lives where you feel like, you know, things are just going right. You're in the favor of God. You're in the grace of God. Man, the bills are paid. The kids are acting right. You know, people are happy. The church is going well. The ministry is humming right along. It's a season of time when you're, when you're experiencing God's favor and grace. And let me tell you something. There is nothing wrong with that. And if you are experiencing that, enjoy it. But can I give you a caveat? A check, if you will. When you're going through those beautiful times of grace and favor and you feel like everything is going well for you, understand that those seasons are also temporary. They don't last forever. Because sometimes you can be right in the middle of a winning season and everything's going well, and all of a sudden, like a car sideswiping you on the street, all of a sudden now, boom, something happens, and you're in the warring season all over again. You have to be humble when you're in the winning season. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 12 through 3, I think very much talks about the winning season. Here's what Solomon says. He says, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live their lives, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is a gift from God. The only thing that I would say and add to that is, again, that those gifts are, are, are very temporary. They don't last forever. Think about what happened to Israel. And here's the warning, and, and this is what I would say is the greatest temptation when you're in the winning season. Here you are, you're Israel. You've been delivered from bondage. You've gone into the wilderness season. You've come through the wilderness season. Then you've gone into the land. They've gone into the warring season, right? And after they've conquered all the foreign powers that they were in the land of Canaan, then they, they inherited the land, right? They've got the land of promise, the land flowing with milk and honey. And what happened over time? They were in that winning season, living in houses they never built, drinking from vineyards they never planted, enjoying all the bounty, all the blessing that God had given them. And what happened to Israel? They forget, don't they? They forget their God because they get so comfortable. And that is probably the greatest danger when you're living with wealth and opulence like we do as American Christians in the United States of America is the tendency is, is that if we're not careful, we will forget God. Listen to this. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 10 through 13 says this. He says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to give to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide, wells that you did not dig, vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, listen to what he says, verse 12. Be careful. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. The greatest temptation that you're going to have when everything seems to be going right in your life is forgetting where you come from. Forgetting the bounty that God gave you. Forgetting that it was from the hand of the Lord that gave it to you in the first place. So a helpful tip 
if you find yourself in the winning season, is don't forget the Lord. Don't waste this time of favor and grace. The book of of, um, Romans chapter 6 talks about sin. He says, shall we go on sinning? Yes, there's grace when you sin. God gives you his grace when you sin. But shall we go on sinning so that grace may just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger? He says, God forbid, no. In other words, we take the grace that God has given us and out of humility we say, Lord, thank you. And so here's another helpful tip when you're in the winning season. Practice gratitude. Practice humility and practice gratitude. Never forget that it was God who gave it to you. And then lastly this morning, there's also a season that happens in the life of a Christian that I like to call the waiting season. And this one's hard for Americans, I think. This one, I think, is the hardest one for us because we're so busy. You know, it's so hard to even pull together a a church function sometimes because we're all going like a million miles an hour in a million different directions. But because of just how busy we are, we miss the times when the Spirit is calling us into a season of Sabbath. This is almost foreign to our ears. But it's, it's actually kind of interesting when you think about it. We get so busy in our lives that we forget to take time to be with the one who gives us our very life. And, and here's, what's, here's the irony of it. You know, people talk about Sabbath day. I'm actually really, really interested in learning how to keep Sabbath day. You know why? Because I want the rest. I want the rest. And isn't it amazing that in the Old Testament, God literally had to legislate rest. Why? Because he knows that you and I are workaholics, man. He knows that left to our own devices, we will get more busy building our own kingdom than worrying about his. So maybe that's why he had to legislate Sabbath. But here's the thing, guys. I knew a Christian leader one time. It was, it was really, really interesting. He was, he was a Christian leader. This guy had a, a booming ministry. He was doing really well. He was in the winning season by far. But there were times in his life where he knew that God was calling him to take a break, come back and listen to him, right? Spend some time with him. Like Jesus, you know, Jesus had this ebb and flow that he did all the time. There were times he would be with the crowds and he would be with the people. And then there were times when the spirit would call him away and he'd have to go up to a mountain somewhere to pray and to rest and rejuvenate, recharge his batteries. Well, this guy didn't do that. And there were clear times in his life where God was calling him to a place of Sabbath and he didn't listen. And here's, what's, here's the irony of it. He had back problems. And it was almost like every, I don't know, every three or four years, this guy would have some kind of major disc issue and it would put him on his back for six months. And here's what's amazing. Every time that happened, happened three times. Every time that happened, God met him in a way that was incredible, that changed his life. And every single time he'd come back to me, he'd say, Tim, he says, I guess, I, I guess God told me I really needed to take that time away. Because it was only after my back had given out and I was immovable, he couldn't do anything, that I realized that I was receiving what God wanted to give me. Now, did God send that into him and make that? I don't think so. Here's the thing. But can God use stuff like that? Sometimes he will use things in your life despite you. (laughs) Okay? To get you where you need to be. And here's the thing, guys. Here's something that we have got to understand as Christians. We have to take time to be with God. I know that sounds elementary, and it is. But we've got to take time to be with God. There are times when the Spirit is going to call you away into a place of Sabbath, and that is your time to respond. So here's a helpful tip when you're in the waiting season. Don't buy into the Western lie 
that in order to be significant or successful or be somebody, you have to be busy all the time. No, you don't. Realize that there's going to be times in your spiritual life where you're going to have to unplug from the world a little bit. You're going to have to get alone with yourself and with the Lord and let him deal with you, okay? Sometimes we got to learn how to be a, a Mary instead of who? Uh, Martha, all right? Recharge your spiritual batteries. Okay. Now, are there, are there other spiritual seasons? There probably are. Four seemed like a good number to me when I was preparing this. And then when I was thinking about my own life and, you know, different spiritual seasons I've been through, these are the ones that, that I've been through time and time again. And those of you who are more mature Christians who've been walking the walk for a long time, you probably identify with some of these too, don't you? And here's the thing. Sometimes these seasons will overlap with one another. They're not contiguous. You're not going to go, you know, one after the other, like fall and spring and winter and summer. You're not going to go through them like that. Sometimes you're going to be in one and another one's going to come in for a little while and they're going to overlap. And sometimes you're going to go into one and it's going to last a long time. I remember one time I was in the wilderness time for two, three years straight. Three years straight. And, and again, I, I did the same thing. I got to a point where, you know, I, I wasn't hearing from the Lord anymore. I didn't sense his presence anymore. And I was like, what in the world did I do? <laughs> you know, but I learned over time that God was working on me. He was growing my faith through that time. So understand that they can come and go. They can overlap. It, it, they can take different, um, different uh, paths in your life. Here's the thing. Going back to what I said at the beginning. I just want you to know that there are seasons in your spiritual life. I want you to be prepared for that. And so as we get ready to close, I just want to ask you, which season are you in right now? Because you're, you're in at least probably one of them, or if not more. Are you in a wilderness season right now? Are you in a winning season right now? Are you in a waiting season right now? Which season are you in? Are you in a warring season right now? And depending upon which season you're in is how we're going to approach every season with you. Because guess what? Here's the beautiful thing. Because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, we don't have to walk through the seasons by ourselves. Just like this morning, we get to enjoy this crazy topsy-turny having to not go to the park and come here and do something that we didn't expect kind of thing guess what we're doing it together and it's fun and in a minute we're going to worship some more and you know what we're going to do we're going to pray and we're going to go to the mpb and we're going to have lunch anyway and we're going to decorate some pumpkins anyway and we're going to praise god anyway so here's my call what season spiritually are you in and how can we as the body of christ help you walk through your season if you need to respond to this invitation that we're going to give you this morning, you can go ahead and make it yours. You can come forward, pray with one of us. Elders, if you would, elders' wives, go ahead and stand up and take a place on the outer edges And uh, if you're not leading in worship and be available to pray. And if you want to respond to the invitation for baptism to receive Christ this morning, go ahead and come on up as we stand and sing.